0: Matt Williamson here. I am back. Um, and here's my plan for today's podcast. I just have a lot of bullet points. I think I got like 10 or 12 bullet points from the game. A couple general preseason thoughts overall. Um, and, and watching it a second time, a couple things stood out. So um, yesterday's was a shorty, just a instant, re- you know, instant uh, recap type of thing of what I saw, basically. So let's let's kind of dig in here to a couple of these bullet points. They'll be sort of random. There's not a lot of whole um order to it all. I just have a bunch of stuff here I just want to throw out there to you guys. First off, I I know the it was late that they scored that touchdown Detroit I'm talking about, but I really don't care. I mean, here's here's the all I have in the bullet points is the Steelers did basically hold the Lions to three points. And The Lions quarterbacks aren't good, and they didn't play Swift, and they didn't play Williams, but Hawkinson and St. Brown and a great offensive line was out there. Let's give the D a little credit here. I mean, I I think the Lions will have a good offense this year, not a good for the Lions offense, and I know that their quarterbacks will be different. Of course, I just said that. But you held an NFL team to three points that has a fair amount of talent. Um, I thought the Stars stood out yesterday. On defense, that, of course, means Cam, Watt, Minka. Um, I mentioned yesterday that I even said live, boy, get Watt out of there. Why is he still in there? Get Cam out of there, especially after Watt's injury and how the KZ injury affects Minka. But they're still great players nonetheless, and they looked like great players yesterday. So just wanted to reiterate that part. Um, Same is true with the offensive guys. And offense doesn't have you know, the Defensive Player of the Year on it. But the guys that they're counting on for now and big picture, Friermuth, Najee, Trubisky, Pickett, Pickens. I don't know if I call them stars, but they're the most important offensive players and they're all super young all look like you want them to. You know, I think Fryer Moose is going to have a big year. And I thought Harris moved better than he did last year. And he had some runs that were called back with holds and things like that. But he looked more dynamic than I recall remember him. Pickens makes a play every day as well as throwing in, um, you know, some, some blocking, which I think is going to be key from this receiving core. So those things stood out to me. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the O-line. The O-line, to me, when I watched it a second time, was noticeably better than I thought it would be. You know, was it great? No. It was horrible against the Jags. I thought it went from horrible in that game to below average, <laughs> which below average, a 4 out of 10, you know, I think would be great if they can get that out of this group this year. Now, I think the Jags front is noticeably better than the Lions, but Hutchinson's a stud and their front isn't terrible. I mean, they have some guys, a lot of them young, and some pedigree dudes up front. So it wasn't, you know, a, a total, you know, they, they beating up on terrible players type of thing. Chooks is pretty good. I mean, Chooks, especially in protection, has been more than fine and clearly their best player on the line. Um, I absolutely think that Dotson at left guard, and I'm making this sound a little more optimistic than I should. I'm still really worried about the line, folks. But Dotson at the left guard, if he can stay healthy and is reliable, I really think he'll be just fine and is so much better than Kendrick Green. You know, Just not having Kendrick Green out there, I think, is a win. Dan Moore concerns me. Cole concerns me. Uh, I thought Daniels was better. Overall, their protection wasn't terrible. Um, I I saw this. This is a clip from Pro Football Focus, which I don't agree with this, and I often don't. But here's their quote. The Steelers' starting offensive line got 21 snaps of work in pass protection, allowing only two pressures. I think that's a little generous. I saw more than two pressures, but fair enough. I mean, I just wanted to at least throw that out there to you guys. Their penalties were a huge problem. And as were a couple communication issues too. In the run game, two guys running past the linebacker going to hit the next level. I mean, I would think that stuff gets worked out. There were some free rushers that I got them, you got them, nobody's got them. Or asking Najee to pick up that probably wasn't his guy. I also see some bull rush problems, you know, that collectively and this is what they're kind of looking for because they want athletes more than they want maulers. But there's some too many instances of guys, Cole comes to mind, of just getting bull rush, getting under them and pushing them backwards. Um, I'm not being super critical here, but Trubisky could have helped the line a little more this time It was th- where the... Opposite was true against the Jags. Trubisky saved plays. There was a time or two here where I thought Trubisky could have done more. Um, There was a time he ran out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage. There's nothing offensive linemen hate more than that. I wonder, and this is just a little tinfoil hat theory, did they not want the quarterbacks to run in this game? Because it kind of had that feel, because there was a couple times I think Trubisky would have taken off in live action, I wonder if they kind of told them, let's limit the running, Um, either just not to put it on tape or avoid injury or, you know, I I don't know why, but they didn't run much in this game. And there were a couple opportunities where I thought they would have. I do think Dan Moore is a problem. Um, Would I consider putting Joe Haig there? Maybe. Or I would hate to do this to Chooks. You could put Haig at right tackle where he's a little more suited and move Chooks to left. But then you can get worse at two positions. I think if your right tackle is okay, you don't mess with them, considering the state of this line. So that's my take right now on the O-line. It was better in this game than I thought it would be on second viewing. A couple other, I guess we'll take a break here real quick and come back. Um, Again, I just have bullet points. I just want to chat about a couple things that I noticed from this game. Uh, Some other standouts that aren't the stars, you know, that aren't the cams and minkas and all that. Mark Robinson shows up all the time. Practice, games, all those things. I'm not saying he can even compete with Bush right now, but I just think there's promise there. And he's going to make the team. He's going to be a core special teamer. Uh, These Vince Williams comparisons are weird to me because Robinson's a lot more athletic and explosive and faster than Williams. Um, I don't see him as just a between the tackles, you know, run stuffer type like Vince was. Um, Maybe it's selling Vince a little short, but Robinson has more potential than that. Uh, Miles Boykin is a keeper to me. He also contributes on special teams. But that's probably at the expense of Steven Sims, unless, you know, Austin ends up on, you know, one of the medical lists of some sorts or something crazy like a Claypool trade. But I think Boykin has more value than Sims. I think he could probably only take one of the two. And Sims is an NFL player as well. But Boykin's making plays as a receiver, too. So I think he's a valuable pickup. Still don't quite understand why uh, Baltimore got rid of him. Gunnar Olszewski keeps showing up to me, too. Um, I, I love that he's on the team. Don't get me wrong. I think he has some value on offense, more so than Derek Watt, you know. But I don't know that he's who you want on the field. And I'm not going to compare him to McLeod. Because I always said about McLeod is, boy, the defense is happy when McLeod's out there. I, I don't know that it's to that point with Gunnar. But of all their skill guys that you could throw out there, including Gentry and Hayward and McFarland and, you know, those type of dudes, I think Gunner's the one I want to see on the field the least. Um, Last name, and this is really down the line, is this Elijah Riley character that they picked up super late. He made plays. I need to do more work on him. But is there a chance that KZ's injury just opens the door for this guy? Um, I'm pretty sure Dale had Elijah Riley making the final 53, you know, which I think is ambitious by Dale. But I'm excited to talk to him about that this afternoon. I mean, he made plays. He showed up. Good for this dude to get your attention. It's hard to do at this stage of the process. So there you have it. A um, couple other things here to discuss. Stalled drives bothered me because they had some really good starting field position. Um, The big third down conversion on the draw play they allowed simply can't happen. Bush kind of got eaten up in space and didn't make the the running back at least even slow his feet. And um, I'm I'm excited to watch the All-22 of that play because I don't know how he ended up with that much running room. Um, Penalties, especially by the O-line. Uh, or certainly notable in this game and made it a hard watch. But that needs corrected. The Lions had 10 penalties for 89 yards. The Steelers had 11 for 95. So just under 200 yards of penalties in this game. You know, I mean, that's not good. And you mix that in with the communication stuff I mentioned on the O-line. But those things are easier to clean up than Mason Cole can't handle a bull rush or You know, uh, Green can't block anybody, or Daniel Moore's not a true left tackle. You know, I mean, at least the penalties, communication stuff could maybe get this line from terrible to below average. Um, Last thing to discuss, and I don't know that I've talked about it with you guys on the uh, the podcast yet. Oh, one other thing to discuss: Uh, they're three and zero. You know. I everyone, may, you know, I was talking on my other. Uh, uh, it's a couple of big picture things here. They won every game in the preseason, and I think Tomlin said something like, "Well, it's better to have teaching moments when you win than you lose." Hundred percent, you know. The Ravens have won a million preseason games in a row. They think it's important. I respect the Ravens. You know, I'd rather be three and zero than zero and three. No interceptions by any of the quarterbacks. That's great. If, if if those guys aren't hurting you with bad decisions and forcing footballs. You're going to be in games. I mean, I don't think this team can overcome terrible quarterback play where they're hurting you and you got to drag them along like an anchor. You know, I mean, and we didn't see any of that. Very good decisions, start to finish. Three games, three quarterbacks. So, great. The KZ injury really bothers me, but all in all, I think the Steelers are pretty fortunate injury-wise through the preseason. Um, I saw today that for the... The preseason, the Steelers averaged 4.4 yards per carry in their run game. You know, three games worth of carries, and some of that's garbage time, some of that's against starters, some isn't. That sounds swell, but I still don't trust the run game at all. I mean, despite that number, I think that's a little misleading. But I do think some quarterback carries here and there will help it and, you know, push that up a little. And here's the last thing I wanted to bring up. I've said, I've not really talked about on the podcast. It's third downs. And maybe I'll do a whole podcast about it sometime. But when you hear things like the Steelers were six out of 12 on third down, I've really come to understand this in a different light than I did a year ago. It used to be, what's their percentage on third down? How much did they stop them on third down? Now, it's the, it's the denominator, the bottom number. If you're on offense, you do not want to run a lot of plays on third down. If you're a defense, you want to force the defense to play a lot of plays on third down. Bad things happen to offenses on third down. That's when the blitz packages come out. That's when turnovers happen. That's when your quarterback gets hit. And obviously people throw like crazy on first and second down as well but often against much more predictable coverages. You know, so here's something I just wanted to throw out you at you. Know, in this game, they forced the Lions in the 17 third down opportunities and the Lions only converted on four of them. That is outstanding. I mean, not only is it outstanding from a traditional standpoint of the Lions offense was very poor in converting, th- four, you know, third downs, four of, th- of, of 17, that's under 25%. But you forced the Lions into third down 17 different times. That's phenomenal. You know, over 10 is good. Over 12 is really good. Steelers, on the other hand, they only converted four of 13. 13's not optimal, but it's not the end of the world. And again, this is preseason, folks. So how many of those were in the fourth quarter? And that's true for the Lions, too. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. But here's a little nugget I drew up, I dug up, that was concerning last year that has to happen. So... On That's exactly how I wrote it. I'm just going to read it to you. On average, the Steelers offense got the third down more than any team in the league last year. They averaged 14.1 third down offensive attempts per game last year. Way too many. You do not want to be amongst the league leaders in times you snap the ball per game on third downs. The Steelers were the worst. So... Not only did Pittsburgh's offense play the most snaps in the league on third down, but their defense averaged the opponent to have 13.6 third down snaps per game. Only the Saints defense was higher. The Saints defense was awesome last year. So that just showed you're making things tough on your opponent by forcing them to snap the ball on third down. The opposite was true with the offense. And that's some of it's because the the defense on the field too much. I mean, just because the offense wasn't getting first downs, but the fact that you're at the leading You know, candidate, they're only your your second best on defense in that regard and you are worst on offense in that regard, I thought was really telling. And we saw a little bit of that in this game too. So again, there's some more thoughts. I I know today's, the next 24 hours are going to be a big, in terms of roster composition cuts, all that kind of stuff. And I will attack that tomorrow, but just wanted to get my part two notes of the game in the books here and that's a wrap. See ya.